Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, the show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. I hope you're off to a flying start for 2023, both in life and in your running. I, uh, it's a little bit of a holiday period for us here. I think things are starting to gradually pick back up a little bit for us, but it's still kind of holiday mode. So regardless of where you're at, I hope you're feeling refre- refreshed and ready. And if you're not, I uh, I hope you feel encouraged about the fact we've still got a long way to go in 2023 and things can change quickly. So whichever category you're in, I, um, I'm excited for, for the next year ahead for you for 2023. Now, the world of distance running, one of the things which constantly fascinates me is just how many things there are to talk about. Now, in the coming weeks, I've got plenty of interviews lined up. I've got some great guests coming on here. But from time to time, I like to just go through my, my Relax Running podcast journal and just look at some topic ideas. And there's a number of topic ideas that I've, I've wanted to speak about in a little more detail lately. And because we're only doing one podcast a week, there's only limited amounts of topics that you can get through at a time. But I think today's topic is, is really important. Uh, I wanted to speak specifically about how to improve your running technique. I wanted to cover why it's important. I wanted to talk about why I think it's ignored. And I wanted to speak about some of the benefits that, that I know that you'll get out of taking some time to improve your, improve your running technique and hopefully um, you know, just offer you a little bit of uh, an eye-opener perhaps on why it is important. Because I remember as a young guy, I was a, a pretty good runner. I, I had a pretty hot start to my athletics career. I won the state champs as a 13-year-old in like the under-14 division. And for me, against the people that I was running against, I was I was pretty competitive with a lot of guys over in Western Australia. And I took that as evidence that everything that I was doing was just effective, that I was just a good runner and that was it. Problem was, looking at me run, I was a very, very ugly runner. <laughs> there was nothing relaxed about the style of running that I did. I, I looked hideous to run. And I remember my old running coach sort of pointed out to me a couple of times that I need to improve my running technique. But there was nothing that she really offered me as to how to go about improving it. And so I, I ignored it and just thought I would rest on the natural talent and assumed that that would just do absolute wonders for me. And, you know, I, I, I started to, I, I kept improving my times for a little while. It wasn't until I moved back to Victoria in 2001, I went to train with a guy called Joe Carmody out in Yalorn, Newborough, here in Victoria. And I remember getting to the athletics track and seeing this guy, he was 73 years old, and he was running around the athletics track with the most effortless and relaxed running technique that I'd ever seen. I was shocked, first of all, because I'd never seen a 73-year-old run. But second of all, I was shocked at how relaxed he looked as he did it. I remember going down there and having a chat to him and saying, Joe, like you, you look incredible, uh, which was a, you know, an interesting place to start the conversation from. I just met him and he goes, yeah, well, one of the things that you're going to learn really quickly about my running philosophy is, sure, we focus on training, but one of the areas that we focus on specifically is improving running technique. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I'm so nervous to run in front of this guy because <laughs> I'd been told for years that my, my technique was off. Anyway. I went and did the session where I can't remember what it was, but I remember at the end of the session, I was with my mum. Joe pulled us aside. We went up into a, a sort of a shed, a training shed at the top of the track. And he said, look, you, you've got potential, but essentially you, you've got a hideous running style. 
And I remember at that point thinking, oh, here we go, like another one of these blokes. But seeing him run, there was something about the way that he moved that gave me confidence that he not only knew the importance of it, but I could see the benefit of it. And then he started to offer some really practical guidance around how to improve it. But before we get into that, I want to say that it is very interesting that in the world of distance running, running technique has been completely ignored by far too many people for far too long. I think it, it always fascinates me that if we look at swimmers and if we look at golfers or tennis players, even cyclists in a large degree, there's a really big focus on the technical aspect. And Obviously, in a technical game like golf, you can understand the benefit of it. Obviously, the way that you swing a club has a really big impact on the not only the power of the ball, but the direction of the ball. Um, but with a sport like cycling, it starts to get a little less clear until you start to you know, look at it a little more closely. But in a sport like running, our goal is, or our main focus, is to use the energy that we have as wisely as we possibly can, whether that means for our 100 meters or whether that means for a marathon and beyond. And I mean, just to set a foundation for the rest of this conversation, let's have a look at a number of the athletes in the world, at the world record holders, the best of the best, and just assess their technique. I don't think you have to be a genius to see that what they're doing looks really good. We'll start at the 100 meters. For the sake of clarity and for the sake of sort of brevity, I'll just stick with the men's athletes, but the same is true for, for the women. Do you have a look at an athlete like Usain Bolt? The 100 meter, uh, is he still the 200 meter record holder? I don't follow the sprints as much. I think he is. I was confused because uh, it was Michael Johnson's American record that got broken recently for the 200 meters. But Usain Bolt over the 100, over the 200, he's the most flawless athlete in terms of the way that he moves. But you move through the distances. You have a look at 800 meter runner, David Rudisha, perhaps my favorite technician of all time. He's incredibly smooth. It looks as though he just glides over the track. Hisham al is going back a little bit, but he's still the 1,500-meter record holder, and he's one of the smoothest athletes of all time. But I think the man of the moment, especially in the distance running scene, is Aliad Kipchoge. It's hard to tell with a bloke like Aliad Kipchoge which part of the race he's at, unless you know which specific kilometer marker you're looking at and how much he's sweating. It's, it's going to be difficult for you to tell how far into the race he is. He looks that seamless when he runs. Now, a lot of people might listen to this and go, okay, it's just a coincidence, and yeah, they're just lucky to be born with that natural skill. But the great thing about technique is technique can be taught. So regardless of where you're at right now and regardless of how hideous your running technique might appear, the good news is you have the capacity to make dramatic improvements in your running technique. And why is this important? Well, Simply pointing out the fact that the men's and women's record holders are all almost universally very silky smooth athletes is is one thing that you can look at. But beyond that, I think when we can start to see the benefits in uh, the way that we feel as we're running, in the way that we recover from our runs, in the way that we're exerting energy from uh, uh, the runs that we're doing. Once you start to get a little bit of a taste for what it feels to run with a more efficient technique, it's hard to ignore it. The problem is with us, we're so often focused on training. I think if we're honest, the, the world of distance running is obsessed with the training element. What days do we train? What days do we rest? When do we do our long run? When do we do our tempo run? How do we recover? Is it massage? Is it yoga? Is it stretching? Is it ice bath? All really important things, all really important topics. I think it's important that we do address those issues. 
But what is equally as important is what are we doing with our body when we're out there running? And that's what I wanted to spend a couple of minutes speaking about today, just as a start point. Now, if this is something that you're interested in doing more specifically, I've worked with hundreds of athletes now over at Relaxed Running from running-based sports and triathletes and distance runners themselves. doesn't matter where you are in the world. We can do this online or in person if you're a little closer to me. We can do a three-session technique analysis. So if you wanted something a little more specific, obviously you as an individual have your particular quirks, your particular stresses, uh, your particular tensions, and your particular habits when you start to feel pain or stress during the middle of a hard workout or session. So always really beneficial to uh, to get something tailored to you. You can click the link in the description or just go to relaxrunning.com, check out coaching and have a look at the technique analysis section there. But the time being, essentially, what I'm going to be looking at is three specific factors of running technique. Now, a lot of people like to overcomplicate the technical side of things sometimes, and it can be a technical thing, but I, I always respond better to a really simple and practical instruction on what it is that I'm being taught. It seems that really complex ideas can be absorbed much uh, more easily and much more readily when they're spoken in a way that everyone understands. And that's my goal here today. So essentially, the three elements that we'll look at in running technique is, is as follows. Whenever I'm looking at an athlete for the first time, I'll get them to run at a jog, and I'd like to see a front-on perspective and a side-on perspective. And then I'd like to see them do that at a, about an 80% maximum pace, the same angles. But beyond that, what I like to do even further is, if we can get access to some footage of them in the middle of a race or in the latter part of a session. Because what's really interesting is just seeing the way that an athlete's technique changes when they're under stress. So I'll look at the, that vision and I'll go, okay, first of all, where are they storing tension? Now, maybe you've read about this a little bit before or you've heard a bit about it. A lot of athletes, when we store tension, you can see it through our cheek or our cheeks. You can see it through our jaw. That's when like the teeth are gritted and people trying so hard. You'll see tension stored there. The other way we'll see tension stored is sort of through the shoulders and the shoulder blade. Now that comes in a, a few different ways. Some people have their shoulders up around their ears. Other athletes might have their shoulder blades squeezed together and their arms are sort of splaying across their body. It's almost as though their their arms are flopping right across their body. And as a result, you'll start to see the upper body be impacted by this tension, especially the shoulder blades being squeezed like that. You'll often see an over-rotation through the movement of the upper body. Now, if, if the upper body is swinging all over the place, don't forget that whatever's happening in the upper body, the lower body has to compensate for. So if you can be relatively stable, relatively still, and, uh, you know, relatively, uh, what do you say? Essentially, we want to be as unshakable as we can in the upper body. The athletes that I've mentioned previously, Usain Bolt, David Rudisha, Ishmael Garouj, Ali Kipchoge, you'll notice there's not a whole heap of movement in the upper body. Sure, the arms are swinging back and forth nicely, like a, almost like a pendulum, but there's, there's no swinging. Their, their shoulders are relatively straight. The beauty with that is it means that their lower body is not being forced to compensate. It's not being forced to balance. It's not being forced to try and keep them in a straight line. We'll speak about how we can address some of these things in just a moment, but that's the first thing that we look at. The second thing I like to look at is is the angle that your body is on as you're running. Now, um, ideally, and the same is true with all the athletes that we've just spoken about, if you have a look at an athlete who's moving well, you'll notice that there's almost a straight line on a very slight forward angle from the bottom of their heels to the top of their heads. 
The beauty with this is obviously running is almost like a one-legged hop sport. That's what it is. Each step is just a one-legged hop. So what we want to do, if we're trying to uh, propel ourselves forward, and we're trying to do that for as long as we can, as fast as we can, what's really important is that we're carrying momentum effectively through each stride. So what does that mean? Well, a lot of the time you'll see athletes in one of three poses. They'll be in that, that perfect kind of pose that we've just touched on there, or they'll be bent over from the hips. So a lot of people hear that, uh, okay, we want to be on a forward angle, and they'll they'll push their upper body forward, and it kind of uh, it changes the angle from just above their hips where their upper body is almost on a lean. They're leaning over. Not only is this ineffective as it, uh, it limits our stride length because it inhibits our knee lift, uh, but it's something that just inhibits or impacts the uh, that natural leg swing. It, it, it limits the ability for us just to be able to have a smooth stride um, and get the most distance out of each stride essentially because that, that knee lift's being so radically impacted. The other technique we see, which is almost the reverse of that is, and we especially see this one when people are under stress, is that real lean back kind of stride. They're almost, they're holding so much tension in their upper body that they've almost got a backwards lean. A lot of the time you'll see these athletes are heavy heel strikers. And the problem with this particular style of technique is if we're looking at momentum, then the the, the momentum that we're holding or the momentum that we're carrying is severely impacted by that heel strike it's almost as though every single stride is uh, they, they have the brake pads on they they have the inhibitors on they there's uh, no way for that momentum to be carried through because so much of the tension is going backwards that when each heel hits the ground it's like all right Blake brakes are on then we have to fight through that particular stride so ideally we want to be in that middle ground now there's a, a number of ways that we can approach this and I'll go through that in in just a moment but the third thing that I think is often ignored in the distance running scene is just the awareness of how to implement these things under pressure. So the third thing that I, I want to focus on and I often focus on with running technique is a lot of the time you can't improve it until you know it's there. The fact you're listening to this podcast shows that you're a little bit aware of the fact that running technique is important, but how do we implement good running technique when we're under a whole heap of stress? The way I like to do it is each day, if you can just get yourself into a habit of asking yourself, hey, where am I storing tension in my body? You don't have to be anywhere near the athletics track. Maybe you're at work and you're having a, a bit of a confrontation or a tense debate with your employees or your managers or whatever, and you can feel a little bit of tension coming into your body. Ask yourself the question, hey, where am I feeling this tension? Some people say they feel the tension in the back of their head. Some people might feel it in the in, in their actual backs. Other people might feel it through their shoulders. It's really interesting to pay attention to where it is that you store tension. Now, the reason that we do this is because when you're in the middle of a hard workout, often the last thing we want to do is go, all right, uh, where am I storing tension? Because our energy just, you know, we're so focused on making sure each stride is complete that the idea of actually trying to ask ourselves any more challenging question just feels like a waste of energy. So developing that habit throughout the course of a day is really beneficial to you because if you can get into a regular habit of asking that question, then when it comes to the stressful part of a run, you can ask, you that, ask yourself that question. And when you begin to know where the tension is being stored, you can begin to take action at improving it. Now, let's just go through those things, and I'll speak briefly about a couple of ways that you can improve each element of that. So the first one is where we store tension uh, through our upper body when we run. We all store tension somewhere, whether it's our jaw, our shoulders, our back, our hands, our forearms. Tension 
is sort. That was one thing Joe Carmody used to get us to do. He would often get his athletes to run with a couple of raw eggs in their hands for 400 metres. And at about 250 to 300 metre mark, eggs would just start cracking all over the track because so many athletes feel that tension in their hands and eggs, though uncomfortable to run with. They're a really great indicator of whereabouts that tension is being stored. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that, but there's a couple of things that I find really effective. The first thing is just addressing it through our breath. So often just taking a deep breath like, and just feeling the relaxation that comes through your body like that is a really helpful first step. But simply exhaling, it's a a decompressor, but eventually that tension is going to build back up again. So what can we do when it starts to build back up? Well, first of all, we want to get comfortable. We want to get familiar with what an actual good arm swing looks like. So if you're a little bit all over the shop or you have no idea, perhaps your first step is to go out and film a session and just to have a look at what you're doing with your body. If you're happy, I can do a free assessment of you if you're happy for it to be featured on the Relax Running uh, YouTube channel. But if you wanted to work a little more closely over a longer course, that's where we would you know, uh, do the, the three classes or the three technique analysis. But you can send that to... Um, tyson.popplestone at gmail.com but essentially what we want to do is we want to decompress but then we want to make sure that the way we're using that those arms and that tension doesn't just revert back to the old way so what i often do is just stand in front of a mirror in your house and just get a little bit of a feel for what a nice natural arm swing feels like. Now, a lot of people try and overcomplicate this, but to be completely honest, we we know what it looks like to run smoothly. We all know what a smooth runner looks like. So ask yourself, what are they actually doing with their arms? Often the arms are at around 90 degrees. They're, there's not too much tension through the actual forearms. Joe Carmody used to always say that you swing through your elbow. So you don't swing through your hands. A lot of the time you see people with their arm swing, they'll swim down through their hands and momentum is all of a sudden just thrown out of whack so you've got a fairly relaxed arm carry and if you want to implement or if you want to bring in that arm swing more effectively that's where you bring in the arm swing through the elbow but essentially stand in front of a mirror with arms at around 90 degrees and just practice swinging back and forth now you don't want the arms coming too far across the body but you don't want them to be like robocop or terminate arms straight in front you want like that middle ground where come slightly almost to the center of your chest and then um, there's going to be a a natural backswing there you want to feel what it feels like to have a nice backswing without an over rotation in the upper body once you start getting a feel for this in your actual day-to-day life in an exercise like this you can start to implement it into your jogs and you can start to implement it into your faster runs like anything it's going to feel unnatural at the start i remember learning to touch type back in year eight was the most unnatural thing. The teacher kept saying, no, put your hands here. And I was like, ah, it feels weird. It feels wrong. I don't want to do that. Uh, Over the course of that term, though, it just became a natural thing. Now, typing speeds is a really strong aspect of of my computer game because I stayed loyal to the process. I'm, I'm, you know, I've moved away from that one, that index, like your your grandma's style of typing where you just have one index finger and you're just pushing each key over the keyboard. You can sort of just navigate your fingers around based on, uh, you know the skills that you've been given same is true with running so don't get frustrated with yourself if it feels completely unnatural second thing is um, the the posture that we're running on so the easiest way to do this is just to stand with your hands by your hips come up onto your toes and just feel yourself coming forward on the angle that I've explained so you don't want to bend over from the uh, above the hips and you don't want to lean back from above the hips you want to just imagine there's an invisible line drawn from the back of your heels all the way up to the top of your head and that line doesn't deviate. It's just a nice straight line. 
as you lean forward, you'll feel the momentum of your body carry you forward. And it's in that position you can break into a slight jog or into a faster stride. Essentially, that's the angle that you want to feel. And you can feel the momentum that carries through. Now, there's a, a few good YouTube videos that I've put together over at the Relax Running YouTube channel uh, doing technique analysis and breaking this down in a little more detail with elite level athletes and trying to help you unpack what it is that you need to implement. But as I said, it's a very individualized sport. So there's a number of ways that what I've explained applies to you specifically. So if you'd like to get some more help, make sure you jump over to relax running and uh, click on the coaching tab, see the technique analysis, and we can work on it from there. If you have any questions, feel free to jump over to the Relax Running Instagram page and send me a voice message. If you're happy to have your questions featured on the show, do that because um, I actually wouldn't mind getting a, a, a like a listener's question thing going on. So if you have your voice recorded over there with any running questions, please do it. I'm going to do an episode that on uh, on that in the next couple of months. Um, in the meantime, guys, happy training. That's all I wanted to speak about today. If anything didn't make sense, make sure you hit me up, ask any questions. More than happy to clarify um, everything you need uh, from us over at relaxrunning.com or check out the YouTube channel. Uh, these podcasts go up there as well. So happy running, and I'll speak to you all again next week. Thanks for listening to the Relaxed Running Podcast. If you're ready to become a faster, more efficient runner, visit www.relaxedrunning.com.